Hello, and welcome back to Reclaiming Reality. My name is Ben. Today, we are going to talk about how do you think? What is thinking and why should we do it? It's an incredibly important topic, but the main thing we're going to be focusing on is why has thinking become so hard? And to do that, I would like to tell you a story. So I think I mentioned in the last episode, I actually used to live in India and Living in India is a really unique experience when you're from America. And a lot of the times we would travel outside of the city where we would live. We actually lived in the capital city in New Delhi and we would drive around and going into some of the villages outside of the big city kind of takes you back in time almost because most of the technologies that we were used to at the time just weren't there. Uh, I have no idea what it's like now. This was back in 2004. But it, it really did feel like stepping back in time. And I used to think about all the time when I was little, like, what if I was born here hundreds of years ago? And lately I've been thinking about that again. What if I was? Let's say I was born an Indian farmer in, in the year 1500. What would I do with my life? Well, actually, what I would do with my life is probably pretty obvious. I would be a farmer because... Pretty much everyone were farmers back then because you had to eat food. So you had to grow that food. So, okay, cool. What am I going to do with my life? What my dad does. I'm going to be a farmer. What about beliefs, belief systems? What am I going to believe? How do I decide that? Well, I'm a farmer in India. So probably everyone I've ever met is Hindu and probably everyone they've ever met also Hindu. So that's pretty easy. Sweet. I've never even heard of anything else. We're Hindus. Go team. Uh, what about marriage? Who am I going to marry? How am I going to find, you know, pretty little lady to settle down with? Look around my village and there is a solid 20 eligible girls. I mean, that's, that's being generous. Let's say 10. 10 eligible girls. And how am I going to pick? Thank you, dad. He's going to arrange that marriage. So really, like the biggest things that we have to worry about in life, career, our beliefs, and who we marry, are completely decided for me. There, there is absolutely no thought involved. And that was pretty much, and I'm, obviously that's not specifically India. That's everywhere, right? That's just how life was until this weird thing called the industrialization happened. And now, this is just in the past couple hundred years. In the past couple hundred years, there is this new and bizarre thing called cheap housing, cheap food, free time, and dating apps. I know. I know. It's bizarre. So let's look at those again for guy living in 2020. What job am I going to have? What should I do with my life? Well, literally anything. I can do anything with my life. And when I asked you that question, Disney, I don't know if you heard it, Disney kicked in in the back of your mind and Disney was like, follow your heart. And you, and you were like, what? Okay, that's what I do, I guess. You follow your heart. So now the, the option isn't just do what your dad did. The option is now do literally anything on the planet and figure that out before you turn 18 because college debt is not fun. So you're like, oh crap, okay, I it. okay, I'll figure that one out, I guess. And then it's like, okay, what are you going to believe? Well, I have the internet. <sighs> Because the internet is insane. Guys, we cannot overstate the importance of the internet. It has done monumental things. I, I just read a book by Nietzsche. That, it was, I understood a third of it. I just read Nietzsche. 
I just read a German philosopher from the early 1900s and I could because I could get on Amazon and order it with a one-click option. I can read any paper ever published. I can read anything. I can read books on Buddhism and Mormonism and atheism and Christianity and Judaism and anything on the planet I can read about. So no longer is it I believe what the heck I grew up believing because my parents believe it and there's no other beliefs around. Now it's I have to evaluate everything that has ever existed is available to me. Oh my gosh. Is that not exhausting? And we haven't even talked about dating yet, y'all. I am a single man in 2020. Oh my goodness. There is a dating app for everything. Like for every weird subgenre of dating that you can imagine, there's an app for it. Have you guys have you guys heard of power swiping? It's like the most disgusting, despicable, stereotypical male thing of all time. You just get on your phone. You open Tinder, which is the classy dating app, if you're not aware of dating apps. Sarcasm. And they just swipe to the right, which means like if you live under a rock. And they just swipe right as fast as they can for as long as they can um, until their thumbs give out. If you ever see a man with thumb muscles, he's he's a good Tinder man. Um, because... <laughs> But, but seriously, because now dating is no longer, hey, 10 girls in my area, 10 guys in my area that my dad is going to arrange my marriage to. I'm not advocating arranged marriage here. I'm just talking about the complexity of life. And now it's anyone in the world. And your standard of beauty is no longer that cute girl down the street. Your standard of beauty is Jennifer Lopez. Your standard of beauty or, and your, stand, let's say behavior, your standard of behavior are all the people on the sitcoms you watch. And dating has just become this bizarre amalgam of confusion that no one really knows how to deal with. One of my buddies asked a girl out in person and she looked at him like he was crazy. And he just could like feel her saying, we have an app for this. Like, why are you talking to me right now? I can't Facebook stalk you. <laughs> Guys, what, what I'm saying is life has become confusing. And to me, that is really, really stressful because I'm a person like you are who wants to make good choices. And when there are a million good choices, choosing anything becomes extremely difficult. Do you remember cable? Cable TV? Wasn't it great? I still remember watching cable TV. You know, it's Saturday, cook up some grilled cheese, turn on the cable. And I had like, you know, parents had like 200 channels. I only watched five. You did too. We had our five channels and I would turn it on and there would be these five shows playing on these five channels. And I kind of liked a couple of them and I would be like, oh yeah, that's a good, that's a good show. And I would click on the show and it'd be halfway through already, but it was SpongeBob and it's not that complicated and you can figure it out. And I was really happy with that. Like I had no issues with the way the system was set up. And then Netflix came out and now it's not like, okay, what are the five shows that I might watch right now? Now it's Literally any show that has ever been invented on the history of the planet, it's time to watch. <laughs> it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to watch The Office again. And now there's Roku. I don't know what that is. There's Hulu. There's Disney Plus. There's HBO Go. I thought that was a network on cable. What? What is that? And it's gotten so confusing. I don't even know how to watch a friggin' TV show anymore because they had to go and make that complicated too. Granted, 
Netflix is better than cable. I get that. I'm not complaining about the fact that I have Netflix. I do have it. I'm complaining about the fact that everything has become unbelievably complex. I can't order something on Amazon anymore because half the reviews are saying it's the greatest product ever made and the other half are saying it's the worst piece of crap. Which, which guy do I believe? Life has become really complicated and this works its way into the more important aspects of our lives. Like when I am trying to choose a career, guys, like what do I want to do with my life? Maybe I'd be happier as a doctor or a lawyer or a car salesman, but I'll never know because I can't do all of the jobs in order to figure it out. I am limited and I am limited with unlimited options. (laughs) Guys, first world problems. Am I right? I'm not, guys, seriously, 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 I'm not saying we are worse off. I'm saying this is confusing. And everyone has to find a remedy for the confusion, right? Maybe your Amazon remedy is whatever's rated five stars. Maybe your Netflix remedy is whatever your buddy at work told you about. Maybe your dating remedy is whoever happens to like you first. I don't know. Or it's power swiping and trying to go out with anyone who moves. We all find a remedy. But there's also a cultural remedy, if that makes sense. Like I mentioned with Disney. Remember how Disney whispers in your ear, follow your heart. That's a remedy to this problem. It's saying, hey, you have limitless options. But the way that you select between the limitless options is your heart. That sounds like freaking nails on a chalkboard to me at this point. I hate being told to follow my heart. You know why? My heart wants cookies half the time. And the other time, it wants to go outside for a walk. Like, I don't know the deepest longings of my heart. Does anyone understand themselves that well? Like, doesn't he just act like we all have a degree in personal psychology and we can just understand the depths of our souls. It's like, dude, no, that's not how human beings work. We are unbelievably complicated. And the other way of dealing with this is ideology. Ideology is a set way of thinking that people just kind of get stuck in. I think, I think the best way that you can explain ideology is with politics. Okay, I'm setting the scene. Christmas dinner, okay? Christmas dinner, and two of your uncles are coming over. And you know these two uncles. Uncle on the right, both literally and politically. He comes in in the red MAGA hat. He's He has like three guns hidden on different spots. Like two of them are displayed, and, and one's like an ank- on an ankle holster. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and he walks in, and he's and you're like, hey, uncle, how are you doing? And he's like, I'm keeping America great. How are you doing? And you're like... Okay, calm down. I just said hi. And the other guy comes in and he's wearing like a, I don't know, healthcare is a human, healthcare is a human right t-shirt. And he has like a Joe Biden 2020 uh, hat on. And he's just talking about like the evils of the capitalist oppressors. And they're both unbelievably frustrating. And the one on the right, like if, If there was a baby in the road and Trump like ran to save the baby and push the baby out of the way of the car, the uncle on the left would say that Trump, that that uncle and Trump support violence towards babies or the uncle on the left, um, or excuse me. Yeah. If the uncle on the left 
saw Trump, I don't know, dropkick a baby, the uncle on the left, or excuse me, the uncle on the right would be like, that baby deserved it. Did you see the look he had in his eye? He had it coming to him. <laughs> Got a little off track with that analogy there. But you see what I'm saying? The, the reason that both of those different people are really annoying is because they you're not talking to them. Like, they don't really exist. Like, their ideas don't exist. They don't have any ideas. They're just parroting something. Ideology is outsourcing thought. Ideology is saying, I there's too many options. There's too much to think about. There's too much to analyze. So I'm not even going to try, and I'm going to let someone else do my thinking for me. Maybe Cenk Uyghur does all your thinking if you're on the left. Maybe Rush Limbaugh or Ben Shapiro does all your thinking if you're on the right. Maybe CNN. Maybe Fox. We find people who are intelligent and who reasonably represent our opinions, and then we can turn off, man. And it is lazy, but it's more than lazy. It's freaking survival at this point. Because there are so many things that we're supposed to know about. I'm in the middle of the... Black Lives Matter riots and protests and not talking about that at the moment. But the thing is, now I'm supposed to be an expert on racial justice. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll add that to the list. And a few months before that, the, uh, the big thing was abortion. It's like, okay, I fully have to understand abortion if I'm going to be um, a helpful member of society, apparently. Or I'll get Twitter blasted. Because the one, th the one time that we actually do have an original opinion and we put it online, we just get lambasted from every side saying that we're evil. Ideology is survival. We have outsourced thought. And, and I came up with this little test. This is a test that I think we should all take. It's really easy. And this is kind of an ideology test, okay? Question one, name three good things that both Trump and Obama have done. Two, name five beliefs you are whole. <laughs> Two, name five beliefs that you hold that are different from your parent or your spouse. Question three, name three things that you disagree with in your religion or belief system. Now, that, that last one's probably going to confuse a bunch of people. Um, because heads up, I am a Christian and I do disagree with things in Christianity, but here's the thing, guys, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm actually saying I'm wrong about certain things. When I read the book of first Kings and I see God saying, go slaughter them, men, women, and children. My first reaction isn't sounds like a good plan to me. <laughs> my reaction is like, Lord, whoa, 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 chill, 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 chill. Maybe this isn't the best move. Maybe we could try some talking first. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying that there are things that are really hard to understand and to live with in my faith system. And that ignoring those doesn't make me a better Christian. What makes me a better Christian is facing them and talking to God about them and submitting to that. And that kind of leads into what I do about this, right? Because ideology is bad. The follow your heart is bad. 
So, so what do we do? Because guys, I really, hear me, I really, really want to be able to critically think. It's unbelievably important and not a lot of us can do it, I feel like. I feel like I couldn't do it at all growing up and I'm just now learning to do it. And the reason I'm making this video is because guys, I want to think. Simple as that. I don't want to be a parrot for Ben Shapiro or Chankweger. I want to be able to think. And, and in today's society, it has become unbelievably difficult because people reject any sort of truth. It's kind of like, well, we can't really know anything. And that's just absolutely atrocious as far as I'm concerned. And I am definitely going to be making some videos on, call it nihilism, call it postmodernism, kind of whatever take that, that I'll take eventually. And I will talk about those. But for now, guys, what I want to leave you with is thought requires a foundation. If you're going to think about anything, the reason to think is that you are heading towards truth. That's what this whole podcast YouTube thing is about, right? It's about truth. We want to move closer to truth. And truth has to exist. And by definition, truth is beyond the natural world. It doesn't exist inside. We can't see truth. We can't measure truth. We can't taste truth. Truth is outside of ourselves. And if it, and if it is outside of ourselves, it is discoverable. And we can go discover that thing that is truth. And it is a firm thing. It, it can't move around or else it wouldn't be truth. It would just be something transient, something that is fluid, but there is something hard and firm that's name is truth. And as a Christian, guys, I get to tell you, this is a belief set that says this is truth. In John 1, 1, the, John writes, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word was God. That word, the, the Greek word translated into word is the word logos. And what's so cool about this is Scholars think that John, because John spent some time in Athens, the, the Apostle John, he spent some time in Athens, and they think John was definitely writing to the Athenians with that first verse. Because the Athenians, like that's where Socrates was from. They were all about truth. They knew we had to discover truth, but they didn't know where that truth was or what was the foundation. And here this guy, John, rolls around, and he goes, yo, what's up? You know that truth that you've been looking for for your entire lives? Yeah, I found him. His name is Jesus, and he's amazing, and he can save you out of the desperate straits which you find yourselves in. And if you are sick of living searching for something, if you are sick of being empty inside, if you are sick not having that thing, I'm here to tell you his name is Jesus. And once you have Jesus, you can start to think. I had to, to get to Jesus intellectually before I could follow him. But what I didn't realize is that was just him being nice to me and showing me who he is. And he wants to show you the exact same thing. It's why you're watching this video or listening to this podcast. And it's why I'm making it. Thank you so much for your time. I know it's valuable and I hope you always respect that. Have a good one.